Assalamu alaikum, welcome to the Dadhood Podcast. We are now on episode 33, I believe. So if you have been following us in this journey of these kind of 33 episodes, then thank you very much for staying on that journey. And if you're new to this in the first time that you're watching it, uh, then make sure you do follow us and subscribe to wherever you're listening to this, whether it's YouTube or the podcast apps. And you can also find me on Instagram at Shoei Muhammad, where I do a lot of other dad-related content as well. Um, and uh, before we get into the guest, just a quick shout out to Building Blocks Nursery, which is the nursery that my children attend. Uh, they've been kind of helping me out, sponsoring some of the content and the episodes. Um, and I've really, really, you know, been happy and proud of my children and their development at that nursery. So if you guys live in the same area as me, which is kind of the Watford, Hertfordshire area, then definitely consider them if you're looking for a place for a nursery for your children. But even if you don't live there, uh, give them a follow. They have a lot of good content on nurseries, how they run, the type of things to cover, the syllabus. Um, even if you're homeschooling, it's actually pretty good. You get quite a few good ideas from there. Um, so I definitely recommend you following them. You can find the links in the description. So let's get started with the episode. So today we have uh, Omar Da Costa, who is, uh, mashallah, quite an interesting individual. And the reason why we reached out is because I've been following uh, Omar's work for quite a while when it comes to um, the Muslim Influencers Network. Um, and he also has something called Muslim, which is a media uh, distribution uh, website company. Um, and uh, I've always just been following those things, being in the Muslim space myself, being in the media space myself. And then I saw six months ago, he had a child. So I thought, why not reach out, bring him on and see what his experience has been like. Um, so Omar, welcome to the podcast. And the first question that we always ask our guests is, how old were you when you became a father? And how many children do you have? Well, the second one, I've kind of already answered that, but yeah. Yeah. So I was um, 30. Um, I had to think about the one. Yeah, I was 30 <laughs> uh, and I've got one child who's six months, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So um, in, in uh, being 30 years old and then having a first child, was that something that you thought, okay, by the time I'm 30, I'm definitely going to be a father? Or was it kind of just, you know, things have gone with the flow? In all honesty, I, I, we didn't, me and my wife, we didn't expect to uh, wait that long. So when I, when I got married, we were like, you know, inshallah, we'll give it a couple of years, then, then we'll start having children. After two years, we're like, give it another couple of years. And after two years later, another couple of years. And it just, it just um, you know, got delayed and delayed and delayed. Uh, so alhamdulillah, you know, we've been married for um, coming up to, I think, eight years, eight years. So um, it was about time, alhamdulillah. Um, everything happens at the right time and for the right reason. Um, so perhaps, you know, we weren't ready as parents you know, before that. Um, so, yeah, um, that's one of the things that in life generally, not just when it comes to children, that, you know, Allah's timing is the right timing. So whenever something happens is the right time for you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you you were sharing um, on Facebook and LinkedIn some of your reflections uh, about uh, sort of becoming a father, and um, you, you you usually do have some reflections about your business and relationships that you've built uh, through sort of business connections and the way the, the, the things that you've learned from maybe failed businesses or uh, any networks that you've been part of. Uh, so, what were some of those 
reflections because uh, maybe some people haven't been following you that, that you were sharing. You had a picture of you holding your, your baby and you had nice nice little reflections on there. Do you want to just go through a couple of them? Yeah. Um, I'll try and pick out some of them uh, from, from what I remember. So the, the first was around the idea of, um, you know, I really believe that fathers need to take seriously the idea of um, uh, paternity leave. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, mothers, our wives, they go through immense struggle. Their, their lives are pretty much turned upside down. Their, their freedom is stripped away. You know, um, they often suffer from mental health issues. You know, postnatal depression is very common. You know, um, so because of that, I think if, if there's a large responsibility uh, on the husband, uh, on, on the father, to really be there to step up uh, for the sake of the family um, and I just think that in most instances two weeks just doesn't cut it um, because two weeks is hardly enough to do anything you know and then you're back to work it's very difficult for people in certain professions like if you're you know a doctor or you know especially if you are employed you don't generally have that same level of flexibility although that you do have shared um, you know kind of paternity maternity leave that you can speak to your work about not every place I think is open to that, but I, I would encourage every father to know the struggles that you're you're going to go through as a family, and that your wife is going to endure, uh, and therefore really taking seriously the idea of taking time off to be there, not just for your child, but for your wife's emotional well-being, is extremely important. I took of eight weeks, and eight weeks even really isn't enough. You know, <laughs> you, you, I mean, really. Like you need to take off like the entire whole year, the first year, really. You know that that's how much support your wife needs. Um, that that's one element. Um, the the second element, and I just I think I'll just just choose this one, and then yeah, um, yeah. maybe we'll move on to the next uh, next thing. But is the idea that during your during my paternity anyway, I really had time to take stock and reflect about life and you know what I want and and, and so on. And there were certain um, you know decisions that I made that I thought were really important um, for for myself and, and for my family, um, you know, and often there's, a, there's things that we know in life, but we just don't get the chance to really think about them deeply and internalize them and action them. And just to give a, a relatively small example, though I think it's an important example, is during uh, my paternity, I gave up eating chicken. Um, and the reason for that is because throughout most of my adult life, I knew, you know, the conditions that animals, you know, in the modern world are raised in. You know, the, the Quran talks, the Quran is very clear. It says our food should be halal and tayyib. Yeah. Halal meaning uh, um, legally permissible yeah. and tayyib meaning pure, wholesome, organic. It's more the kind of, I suppose, um, less legalistic component and, and more the, the spiritual component. And, you know, I was, I was reading an, a side point. I was reading a, an article yesterday by uh, Sheikh Hassan al-Banna, not the um, yeah. MB uh, guy, but, um, you know, <laughs> the, the, our, the our, our, our Sheikh in, in, in London, yeah. uh, from, from London, yeah. uh, or, the, or the UK. And he was talking about how something can be halal, but it can be un-Islamic. Um, you know, so for me, that's one, one of the things I did is I stopped eating chicken. And if it's organic chicken, alhamdulillah, that's what Muslims should be aspiring to eat if, if we can afford it, of course. Um, and as of yesterday, I made an even bigger commitment beyond chicken, which I'm not going to mention yet because <laughs> I, I, if I guess I fell, I'm not going to 
uh, I don't want to show myself up. Um, but that, that's just one one example of having the time to reflect and then actually action something in your life. Okay, alhamdulillah. I think the point about paternity, I definitely felt that. You know, when when I took paternity, again, it was just the two weeks, the minimum period that you get. And I was straight back to work. And I felt like I was letting my wife down because I wasn't able, I wasn't be, uh, able to be there to support her fully. But I also felt like I was letting uh, my son down as well, you know, because uh, I should be able to build a bond with him too. You know, of course, the mothers are going to be a lot more involved, especially if there's uh, breastfeeding and things like this, then it, most of the time is going to be spent with the mother. But that period also does need a bit of bonding between the father and the child uh, to build those kind of relationships emotionally. Um, and then when my when my daughter came along, uh, the difference was that it was in it was in lockdown. Uh, so that meant that I had to be at home anyway. Uh, and I wasn't I wasn't leaving the home anyway. Uh, so having that, yes, I had time the two weeks off again, but then I was still there. You know, I wasn't I wasn't going back to the office. Yeah, I was less available because I was at my desk doing some work, but I could still be around and, and help out, uh, especially with the second child, you know, making sure to keep, uh, sorry, with the first child, Isa, keeping him away from mom and the new baby and things like that. So I think, I think you're right. Like there needs to be a lot more uh, thought given by employers um, and the government when it comes to policies uh, on paternity it is really really important and I feel like a lot of fathers do end up uh, missing out and they kind of just they, they kind of just grit their teeth and kind of get along with it where they, they, they sometimes in the back of their minds they wish that they could have stayed longer during this uh, period where their family is just starting up and you know they want to get their hands dirty you could say um, and sometimes they just grit their teeth and get along with they get back to work so oh well this is just the situation um, and there's so many benefits to to having both parents around uh, the the new baby. Um, I can't list off the top of my head, but maybe people can add them in the comments when they're listening back to this. But you know, there's just a list of of huge benefits for the mental health of the wife, for the development of the baby, even for the father himself. Mentally, he can feel like he's actually involved and not feel so distant. I've had so many stories of fathers who feel like they're not really fathers in that first year or even first two years. It's only once the child is a bit more independent and talking and things like this, where they feel like they can actually come into the picture, even if they've been trying. So I think having more time around uh, can, can definitely help uh, all, all parties. Um, so just going back a little bit, um, you're, you've only been in the game for six months. So obviously I'm not going to ask you some crazy parenting advice. Uh, I'm sure you could give some some good tips, uh, but the, where I do want you to share your experience is sometimes for fathers, even at my stage where I've got a four-year-old and two-year-old, sometimes you even forget what it's like, you know, the pregnancy and leading up to the birth and then, and then the labor itself and those first couple of months, sometimes you forget that and you can't always then share that advice with others. I have a lot of brothers that come to me and they say, you know, can you, you know, my wife's pregnant, give me a bit of advice. And sometimes I forget, okay, what, what did I really do then? Or what was I doing to take care of my wife or what was the experience really like? So I think that's why it's important to bring people like yourself um, onto the podcast to share some of that. So can you take us through a little bit of the journey of what the pregnancy uh, may have been like and um, what were, as well, any, and maybe any tips uh, that you can share with dads who, uh, that uh, you know, their wives are pregnant um, and maybe something that you learned that maybe you didn't do or something you did quite well that could help them in that journey. Mm. So first thing is that pregnancy is different for everybody. Mm. Uh, some women have it a lot harder than others. Um, 
And I think that's just uh, important to know that sometimes you just don't know how how your how the pregnancy is going to be. So maybe prepare for the worst in some sense. Um, and it's important, you know, we talked about not just paternity, but even during the pregnancy, uh, your wife needs you, you know, emotionally and physically and, and so on, especially towards the end of the pregnancy. Uh, you know, um, it become even more difficult for, for the mothers to get more tired, just walking, they need more help and, and so on. Um, so that that's the first thing. The, the second thing is, um, alhamdulillah, our pregnancy, you know, my wife's pregnancy was pretty smooth. Uh, you know, alhamdulillah, we didn't really have uh, too many issues. But I didn't expect actually, you know, all the kind of checkups that you have to go to the hospital. I'm wondering whether when you have your second or third child, whether parents still go for as many checkups because it's kind of like you're used to it. You don't necessarily feel like you need to go to as many. I don't know. Um, but that's one thing is you're, you're going to need to book time off work uh, because there's probably at least, I don't know, four to five uh, checkups throughout, yeah. throughout, throughout those, those nine months. Um, you know, so you have to maybe book half half days off or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then aside from that, I would th- I would say it's really important um, for for you to encourage your wife to start thinking about uh, prenatal supplements and things like that. Um, and it's very difficult, you know, because our wives don't always want to eat the most healthy when they're pregnant. They have certain cravings and and, and so yeah. on. Um, but at the same time, you know, do encourage them to to eat as well as they can do because I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, the way your wife eats during pregnancy um, will not only have an impact maybe on her, her mood and, and emotional well-being and so on, but also it may impact your baby. You know, the food that we eat is the building block of, um, you know, our bodies and, and what, what, what happens inside our body and so on. So... Obviously, you don't want to be too strict. You don't want to be too regimented. You want to give your, you know, not not be too. Um, my sometimes my wife says I'm a bit too regimented with things, but you know, at the same time, you want to have that balance. You know, make sure you're thinking about because when um, when your when your wife is pregnant, she's often depleted of certain um, nutrients and so on because a lot of it's going to the baby. So you want to make sure that those are replaced, um, and then even post-birth, you want to make sure that, you know, they're still having supplements and very nutritionally dense uh, food uh, to recover uh, and so on. So um, I don't think I quite answered your question. I think you asked about one good thing and one bad thing, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Like, that, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I think, I think you're going in the direction. There's a couple of tips there, basically, for uh, dads whose, whose wives are pregnant. So you've pretty much covered it. Um, and like you said, there weren't, there weren't too many uh, complications that you did have to deal with. Um, so I did, I did, I did ask that as well how the journey was. So it seems like Alhamdulillah it was it was pretty smooth. It's it's good it's good to know some of those tips actually. And to be honest, even me, I didn't I didn't think about those uh, while my wife was pregnant because again, for every father, it's going to be the first time new experience. Uh, it's only sort of once you've gone through it and you look back at it, like maybe I could have done this and I could have done that. And and also, it's it's actually good to learn from uh, newer fathers because they may have knowledge that's been passed down to them. Uh, and so you can actually implement that maybe in the next time that your wife falls pregnant. So now I have have that noted down in terms of the nutrients and, and things like that, alhamdulillah. Um, uh, but during that that sort of uh, labor period, did was there anything that you felt like, other than the, the, the checkup appointments, which is good, it's good that you brought that up because you have to book time of work, but was there anything that you felt like 
was so unexpected about um, the pregnancy itself. So not kind of the surroundings, but uh, just just the way that th- certain things develop, you know, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. Was there anything quite surprising for you? Mm. Um, short answer is no, although some, just some, I'll tell you some thoughts that come to mind. Um, yeah. th- the first thing is, I was actually pleasantly surprised and happy that my wife actually trained at the gym up until literally the day before she gave birth. Wow, subhanAllah. Um, so I actually bought her, not bought, I maybe mean bought her is not the right word, but I um, paid for personal training for her mm. throughout her entire pregnancy. And I think that probably was a contributing factor towards m- maybe why the pregnancy was, was relatively smooth. Right. Um, and um, so I think um, you have to, of course, get advice and, and you have to speak with your GP and speak with you know professional if you're going to exercise during pregnancy. And you want to make sure that you are exercising appropriately in line with you know being pregnant. Um, so I think that was uh, really important. And I was really happy that my wife was able to do that. Um, the second thing is um, there were there were um, things that unless you your wife's been pregnant before you're not going to know um, you know certain um, what's going to happen you know during the checkups and and so on for example one thing I wasn't aware of was towards the end of the, the pregnancy you know they offered uh, certain vaccines uh, to my wife um, you know to 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 um, immunize the child, you know, things like um, whooping cough uh, vaccine yeah. and, and so on. So I'm actually quite, uh, I actually b- believe we all need to do research when it comes to any vaccine. Yeah. Um, because vaccines, some of them are um, old vaccines in which generally they're more safe because they've been tried and tested. Yeah. Uh, if they're more novel vaccines and, and they haven't been out long, then I would definitely do more research on them to see what type of side effects they can have on the mother, what type of side effects they can have on the child and so on. So, you know, towards the end of the pregnancy, there was one or two vaccines that while we we're in the hospital, they said, we're going to give this to your wife now. And I was like, whoa, like I wasn't even prepared. I haven't done any research and, and so on. So I would encourage fathers to ask other fathers or other parents, you know, what are the steps that happen during pregnancy? What weren't you prepared for that I can yeah. be prepared for? Yeah. Um, and the, the, the vaccine stuff is just one small uh, yeah. example. Um, so, yeah, I think you want to be as prepared as possible and you want to be able to think ahead. Um, and, and finally, um, and again, I, have, I, I actually have no idea what question you asked me, but I'm just <laughs> grambling on now. <laughs> um, we, we, the, the, I'm not being very clear, am I? <laughs> no, no, it's, 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 um, I, I, get, uh, I get lost in my own uh, thoughts sometimes. <laughs> but the, the last thing is um, I think it's really important that both parents, both mother and father, uh, do as much research generally around yeah. pregnancy, around labor, around yeah. birth, uh, uh, you know, as possible. And, and the reason for that is, you know, um, for example, when your wife is given labor, where do you want the labor to be? You know, yeah. Do you want it to be in a birthing center? Do you yeah. just want it to be in, in a hospital? What type of birth do you want it to be? Do you want it to be a water birth or, yeah. and so on? You know, there's definitely benefits to some, uh, you know, labor um, techniques com- compared to others. Um, you know, so, and even you want to think about once your child is born, you want to think about, you know, what type of, um, what type of, uh, you know, uh, sleeping techniques do you want to employ? For example, you know, most parents, 
90% plus, I would say, go through um, sleep deprivation you know, yeah. during the, yeah. the first year. It's, it's very, very normal. But there are ways to combat that. You know, um, There are some parents who don't necessarily have the requisite knowledge to know how to combat um, you know, when your baby is, isn't sleeping well. But there are techniques that, that you can do um, that can help with that. You know? But a lot of parents are unprepared uh, for things like that. You know, again, on, on the vaccine side, I read four books. I read um, articles and I spoke with experts before I made the decision around what vaccines are necessary for my, right. my son or not. And I think um, all human beings, especially Muslims, we need to understand that we live in a world where not everything is as it seems. Yeah. You know, we need to know that there is propaganda, there are interests, there are big corporations who employ staff to make things look a certain way. They can push things up Google, they can move things down Google, you know, um, they can um, they can lobby, they can they can um, uh, tarnish people's reputations who speak against them. We we don't live in a in a in a in a, in a world which everything that we see is is necessarily true yeah um and and therefore whether it's vaccines whether it's the food industry you know anything we need to make sure that we are researched we are critical we are thorough because we are dealing with the next generation of society we're dealing with our children you know what do you want to put in your child's body are you happy to yeah. put stuff in your child's body that you don't even know what it is mm. you just you just been told you're supposed to and you're going along with it yeah, and then and then we wonder why you know uh, you know certain uh, you know um, illnesses are becoming more prevalent and, and so on. I'm not here to criticize vaccines. Yeah. I'm not here to criticize certain food. I'm saying that make sure we do our research because um, some things are perfectly fine and other things are less tested. Mm. Um, and we need to know what is what has been rigorously scientifically tested and has been out for a long time. Um, where is their interest by uh, corporations, food corporations, and, and so on? Um, uh, and uh, otherwise, we'll forever be at the mercy of people in power who don't necessarily have our interests at heart, but they have profit uh, and, and, and revenue at the center of everything, yeah. uh, which is not an Islamic worldview. Khair, he brought up some really, really good points. And it's, it's got me thinking that um, there, there are kind of these multiple steps uh, that we need to be going through when it comes to looking at the pregnancy as a whole, you know, prior to the pregnancy, doing all that research, like you said, because there's so many things that I didn't even know. For example, the different types of births, right? I didn't know you could do like hypnobirthing. I didn't know you could do a water birth. Uh, home birth, I, I thought was like, you know, oh, people don't do that anymore. Like, that that's just just like last-minute option type thing. It doesn't really happen. Everybody goes to the hospital. And you find that actually home births are so, so common. And uh, a lot of people actually choose it. And then the hospitals and everything like that are actually quite accommodating. So I think definitely, like, going through this process of, of research uh, is super important. Um, uh, you know, in, in the pregnancy, pregnancy itself, knowing when those checkups happen, what happens at each one, um, you know, when you... What, what is each one looking for? Is it looking for a heartbeat? It's looking for the development of the fetus. It's uh, looking at the gender, um, you know, all, all these kind of things. Um, so, uh, and it's sort of tracking the the, the development. Uh, so I think knowing 
uh, some of that stuff would, would be quite good. And then, like you said, post-birth as well, or even actually during the labor, there's things like inducing that, that can happen where, you know, the baby's not coming out, so it needs to be induced uh, and all the different methods of that induction. Um, uh, you also have <clears throat> uh, the type of room that you can get in the hospital too, uh, if you're lucky enough to have that type of option. But uh, there are some hospitals that can offer that type of option. Uh, and then there's also the, I mean, I didn't even know the whole uh, post-pregnancy thing. I thought, okay, give birth, they're going to do a couple of checks and we're going to go home. And then, I, uh, you know, they're telling my wife has to stay behind, the baby has to stay behind. I have to leave. I have to come get them tomorrow because they need to continue doing checks. Uh, and my wife needs to rest. Um, and there could be, obviously, within the labor, there can be certain complications, um, you know, in terms of the way that the baby comes out. Is it going to be a C-section? Is it going to be a normal birth? Uh, and whether that's going to have an impact on the mother's health as well. And maybe certain procedures that need to happen to help uh, the mother with her health. And then, like you said, when they come home, sleep, uh, food, uh, and just the time that you have as a dad with the family and what you need to do to help with. So I think all of these kind of points um, are, are, are like very, very important that, that you've brought up. And, and you rightly said that it will be good for new fathers um, or those who are about to come fathers to speak to fathers who have been through all of this and they can hopefully break this down and give you some information. Uh, as well as just doing your own research. I mean, you said you read like four books about vaccines and, and a few articles and speaking to experts. So, you know, definitely, definitely go ahead and do that um, uh, and get a good, good understanding of what you're about to get into. Uh, and I think, you know, putting, putting that all together, the reason why I'm sort of putting so much emphasis on it is because this is your child at the end of the day. This is you bringing somebody into this world. This is you, uh, this is the woman that you married and decided to have children with her. This is about supporting her. Uh, and, and what could be, you know, there's not many things that are more important than getting all of this right. Um, that doesn't mean I, I don't want to put people off where, to such an extent where they feel like it's too complicated that they get scared or they feel like they're failing, even maybe they're halfway through this whole process or they've done this process and they're looking back they're like, wow, I, I failed. Uh, Allah obviously uh, um, watches over us and, and helps people get through all of this stuff, uh, you know, alhamdulillah, quite easy and quite well. Um, so I don't think you should feel afraid of all of this, the fact that we're listing things out, but it's it's good to be aware of it so you can be as prepared as possible. And I think, I think if I, if I like had uh, a plan for this podcast, I mean, it was, it was meant to be just a discussion, but I would have just gone through every single part with you and maybe you could have broken it down or something. And that's something maybe, uh, inshallah, we'll try and do at a later point. Um, and just touching upon what you said about, uh, you know, just being wary about what we're, world that we're bringing our children into, I think is important. We shouldn't, as, as fathers who are given the responsibility of leading the family, shouldn't just kind of, um, you know, be so clueless about processes like this sometimes we feel like this is down to the mother to know and to the or down to the mother to research and 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 she'll take care of the whole uh kind of first few years um but you know you have responsibility this is your flock you're the leader of this flock and you need to make sure that you're guiding things in the right direction um that doesn't mean that your wife is doing nothing but it's your support that your wife will need at this time uh, especially after she's gone through something as uh, amazing, but also as complicated as labor. Uh, so definitely that should step up to the plate when it comes to some of this stuff. 
Um, just another question for you. Could you uh, touch a little bit upon returning home with a baby and how those first kind of couple of weeks were? What were the kind of things that you, how did you expect it was going to be like and how did it really turn out? Mm. So um, I think it was a relief to be back home because the labor itself was very, very difficult. Um, you know, I, I just remember when, you know, we I saw my son for the first time, I just burst out in tears. I think it was a mix of like the 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 com- the complications in the in the labor itself and the difficulty yeah. of the labor, and then just the pure happiness uh, as well. Um, you know, and then we came home. My wife was in hospital for I think another day or so after uh, the, the labor, and then we came home. Alhamdulillah, we have the support of my uh, in laws as well, so we stayed there. For, I think for the first um, eight weeks, um, and that's one thing I'd always I'd definitely recommend to parents is think about what support network you have and how you can. Um, get them involved in the early stages where you need that support. You know, raising a child is 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 uh, not just for a mother. It's not even just for mother and father. You actually need multiple people to help you raise uh, a child. Uh, so we had that support. Um, I think uh, being at the being at my in-laws helped because um, the label so difficult. My wife needed time, long time for recovery. Yeah. So I actually had to step up and do a lot of stuff that I don't normally do you know, in the house, you know, looking yeah. after the house and, um, you know, other menial things, which maybe I don't normally do or going out and getting stuff yeah. more often and, and so on, because my wife was uh, unable uh, to do the stuff that she normally is able to do. Um, so <clears throat> one thing I would recommend is, you know, you want to understand what um, limitations your wife has in those first you know few weeks and then think about um, you know, what can you do above and beyond what you normally do and create a plan. You know, for one of the things I did actually was I had a daily checklist, you know, okay. what do I need to do on, on, a, on a daily basis? I need to, we have a cat as well, so I need to, you know, change her, I need to change her, her litter tray. So you've had, some, I need you've to had feed... some training before the baby then? Yeah, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Um, you know, t- like taking the cat on, on a walk, like my wife would normally do that, for example, yeah. you know, taking the cat for a walk, you know, um, for example, making sure that you know, um, my wife, uh, you know, um, has, has, is, 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 is supported, you know, throughout the day and what things she, she might need throughout the day and, and, and so on. So, yeah, I think just, just um, as a practical tip, I would say create a checklist for every day what you need to do. Um, and that way, you know, and, and maybe even share, have a shared checklist with your wife so mm. she knows what you're doing that day and, you can tick it off and, and so on. So think practically about what you can do, the support that you need. And also know that there's a solution for everything. You know, sometimes there are things that appear very, very difficult. Yeah. But you just need to think a little bit harder and a bit wider. Think about who's in your network and who can support you. You know, um, and inshallah, you will find solutions to things. Don't think you have to suffer uh, just because that's the way it is. No, yeah. you actually can get help. You actually can resolve things. You can find solutions. That that's that's a very good point. Definitely do reach out. I've there there is a couple of brothers at the moment that they their wives are pregnant, and you know I try and do my best just to call the brothers and just ask them how's everything going. Is there anything that you're confused about? Anything that you need? Because I know that sometimes with the brothers, just generally as men we don't want to speak about some of these experiences we don't want to 
uh, if you're finding something hard, it's kind of, you know, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm the husband, I'm the man, and I'll kind of get along with it. And which is obviously a good characteristic to have and can, can, can help. But at the same time, try to uh, share some of those difficulties with your friends and your brothers around you. They may be able to help you, especially those who have some of the experiences. And so I do my best to reach out and just to ask if there's any confusion, anything that they uh, need help with. Uh, and uh, by the way, I had the same experience as you in terms of um, having that support network. I think that's super important. Um, so we were actually living, um, you know, in the middle between my family and my wife's family. In a, we were living in a town in the middle, which was like an, a good hour away from each of uh, them. We thought that was a good middle ground. Um, and it was a good middle ground from when we had our first child. But then when you've got the second one, you do need a, a lot more support, or at least we did. And so it's either we move closer to my wife's family or we move closer to my family. Uh, and it kind of just made sense to move closer to my family. It was more, you know, it was within London, work was there and things like that. And my family um, are able to support us through uh, many of the things, you know, like my mom would be happy to take the elder child and uh, let, let let him sleep over at hers and, and things like that. And, you know, do the normal grandma things that grandmas do. So uh, it was very, very good for us in that sense. So my wife had... Uh, was able to have that support during the second pregnancy um, and uh, we we knew that okay once the baby is here we're gonna have to try and divide our time between the two children so knowing that there's a support network around you know family members are only a few minutes away uh, we can we can have that support network so definitely you know if you haven't thought about what the experience is going to be like post-birth um, just know that uh, it doesn't have to be like super difficult but with anything new in your life you're gonna want people around you that you can rely upon when things get hard uh so definitely think about where you're living or what access you have to friends or to family uh that can definitely help you um you mentioned uh checklists and to-do lists and uh you know previous generation may be listening to this and be like what are you doing bro like why do you need a checklist with your wife like you just get things done okay and and i feel like our generation are very much like let's kind of do the to-do list and the checklist and things like this and i'm like that me and my wife are like that always making plans always making routines always trying to plan things out and, and structure things out so did you and your wife have like um a plan of how things were gonna go like through the pregnancy like you know you said you did a lot of research was it like you and your wife sitting down ticking things off like okay we're gonna do this like this we're gonna get this thing ready we're gonna do this and then when we come back from the hospital like the process is gonna be like this did you guys have that sort of conversation or was it more just learning as as, as things go <clears throat> um so my my wife um did a lot of reading with regards to pregnancy and uh you know uh post you know uh postnatal once you, once you give birth and, and yeah. so on what, what happens and um, so there was a lot of research done, I think, from both of our sides, much more from her side, actually. Okay. Um, she read countless books, e-books. She got me read to read e-books and so on. <laughs> Even about like, you know, like uh, there was this um, uh, acronym of like, um, you know, when you're putting a baby to sleep, like S for shushing, P for patting, you know, whatever, whatever it was. <laughs> um, so it was all this stuff that, that um, I was asked to read, which was, which was really helpful. And I think just generally, look, the more informed you are, the better. 
And I, I think there's also another argument that you can be kind of a bit laid back and just go with the flow, which sometimes that works for people as well. But I think it depends what type of person you are, sure. if you want to be more prepared or, or you don't mind. Um, so in short, we didn't necessarily have like actual plans, sure, um, but sure. we just tried to make sure that we were researched and we understood what um, was going to happen, what could happen. You know, my wife made a, a, a labor um, a labor plan, what do you call it? Labor yeah. birth plan? Birth, birth plan, plan, yeah. Um, she made that quite very, very early on and she was very, very specific with what she okay. wanted. And that's one thing that I would encourage uh, parents to really think about birth plan, but also know that it may go completely out the window. You know, like okay. the, the, what, how we how we wanted the birth to go, it was a complete opposite. Right. You know, right. because you can't. There's there are certain factors that you can't just um, determine and, and and are going to come your way. Um, and then after birth, yeah, not, we didn't really have any. We just kind of <coughs> learn week by week what we needed for our situation, and then just adapted based based on that. Okay. What what was it in the process of the birth plan that uh, maybe surprised you? Or made you feel like, oh, yeah, I never thought we had to think about this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I I wasn't too familiar with the idea of a birth plan, you yeah. know, just, you know, before pregnancy or whatever, then my wife introduced me to it and, uh, and so on. Um, but it's important that the mother has a, uh, has a birth plan yeah. and you should be familiar with that because, for mm. example, if there are things that don't go to plan, for example, if it's, um, if it's not a, uh, a vaginal birth, it's a C-section, then you need to know um, what could happen. And, and for example, if, if there's an induction and, and various other things, you need to know the possibilities and you also need to know what your wife would prefer. Yeah. And sometimes your wife is not in the mental state to make the right decision. So you need to have a discussion with your wife and say, okay, if X happens, what do we do? If Y happens, what, what do we do? And then the father's also, you know, you should think about, you know, what do you want to take to the hospital? Mm. You know, for example, like, you know, if you have to stay there for two or three nights, then, you know, make sure you take change Don't of clothes Nintendo and, and, and uh... all of that stuff, all, all <laughs> that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, th there's there's multiple things to, to think about. Um, so, yeah, um, okay. try to be prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Birthing plans, another good one to tick off the list. I think uh, if there's anybody who is a couple that are listening to this you're thinking about having kids or uh your dad uh, your husband and your wife is pregnant i would say rewind through this episode take a note of some of the various things that we've mentioned and uh take them off as you're going along you know uh, ask your wife have you have you got a birthing plan should we make one what other types of pregnancies and, and, and births that can happen what are the checkups what are they going to be looking at what's the development of the fetus i think that was one thing um, my wife had like an app that uh, tells you sort of uh, you put in the the day that uh, you conceived and uh, your potential due date and sort of just calculates okay and this week this should be happening to your baby and does tells you weird things like it's the size of a potato and things like that and uh, it, it was good it was good just to kind of keep keep a track of things um so again that's that's that that's another one and uh post post birth as well what's going to happen whether there's going to be any checks the type of things that I need to do. I remember, um, I remember just changing a nappy for the first time, really, like uh, when the, when the baby came out, 
there was like this really ugly black poo and uh, people don't tell you about this but that's that's essentially what happens it's very common when the baby comes out it's, it's not going to be like a normal color and you know your your wife's going to be laying down resting you're going to have to deal with this uh, so definitely dad should be uh, prepared with some of this stuff there's obviously clothes and things that you need to bring for the new baby um so that's that's definitely something uh to to think about and, and to remember uh hospital bags did you have like a whole thing with hospital bags yeah yeah that's what um <laughs> that's what I was, I was trying to refer to i couldn't remember the term but it's hospital bag yeah so a father should have its uh, his own hospital yeah, bag ideally yeah, yeah. although a lot of fathers i think don't uh or they don't think about that and then the wife's hospital bag will be probably three times the size. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, I I remember being told to make sure I bring a lot of snacks for my wife. Uh, she's gonna need a lot of energy at that time, clearly, because she's depleting a lot. Uh, and I was told by uh, one of the like elder brothers in our community that treat it like a marathon, you know. Uh, so have a lot of things at hand to keep up the energy of your wife as, as she's going along um and uh I, I think i think one one thing that was was quite helpful is like playing some quran if you have like you know bring a little mini speaker or something like that and you can kind of play that if you know that can help to calm down some of the feelings or, or the tensions and things like this and obviously maybe possibly bring some baraka into the the birthing process and things like this the, re the reason i'm smiling is because um i remember i was telling my business partner about all the plans yeah that we had for for the birth and he's yeah. like bro you're not ready for what's about to happen he's like he's like just wait till you experience it then then you like you know then, then you will know what what you know it's it's like and it's i think one, only once you experience labor then you really appreciate wow what an experience you know that was mm what a what a moment and what a, what a i mean depending how long the labor takes you know, it yeah. can be more difficult and so on um especially the first child the first child is often the longest labor yeah um but uh, yeah fathers to be be prepared it's it's something it's really something definitely i, I think it's definitely um a special moment as well in in the development of your relationship between you and your wife it definitely kind of like sets a new standard and a new bar um, of like the the level of that bond. Uh, and also for you as an individual, you know, going through life, it's, it's obviously a milestone that you look back on and you can sort of, you know, track your life as pre-kids and post-kids. Uh, it becomes like a very defining uh, moment um so so definitely something something definitely to look forward to you know like yeah we're mentioning that there's all these things that you should look out for and research but it's also a moment and, and yes it's going to be difficult but it's just a moment to, to definitely look forward to and i get i guess i guess i could only say that after it's done it's like yeah that was that was you know that was definitely good but <laughs> yeah like like you said it's going to be hard it's going to be difficult um uh, oh so we're going to come to an end now and i just wanted to uh get your thoughts on these six months that you've had your baby in your life you as a father do you do you have like this new sort of way that you see yourself and you see uh maybe your purpose in life is there like a new part of your life's vision that has come into your life in these in these six months since your baby has been here 
So I think just like any parent, there's the idea of, you know, there's a, a real sense of responsibility that you feel now. It's it's first it's just you, then it's you and your wife, and, and then it's then it's your children. That kind of the obvious thing. Um, but also think the idea of thinking ahead, you know, like, for example, in three years' time, the metaverse will probably be in full full flow you know yeah Zucker, zuckerberg said we're three to four years away from the metaverse you know really coming to life mm. and what sort of implications is that going to have on our children mm. you know that's just one one example among among many others but we're going to live in a drastically different world and as parents we need to be switched on and yeah. thinking about where is the world heading yeah. because that's the world our children are going to inherit and that's the world that we're bringing our children up in that we need to prepare them for mm. um so i think um, really thinking about what you as a parent can do to learn about these things that are happening. You know, even, for example, things like gender fluidity and yeah, various yeah. things like that, they're, they're, they're going to be taught to our children in school, you know, and how do you navigate that? You know, what sort of conversations do you want to have preemptively before those they hear them in the school, you know? And we need to know what type of conversations they're going to have in school. We need to know what type of technology is going to be available to them. Um, you know, before they start to use it, otherwise they'll start using it without us even knowing. You know, and by that time, sometimes it's too late uh, to do anything about it. You know, so um, really understand where our world is heading and learn about it. You know, otherwise you can't really protect your children from it. Otherwise, and uh, very very final thing, any uh highlight in the last six months of being a father any one moment maybe this week last week yesterday that's happened that you feel like was that's a good memory um it's very difficult because you know you know you know as a father every stage like every month there's a development you yeah. know like you know, that the first the first time they laugh you know the first time like the, i remember the first time i saw my son like um crawling on his stomach uh you yeah. know like you know and then now he's he's almost starting to crawl and uh, all of these are are special moments and um you know even weaning for the first time and and, and so yeah. on so i'm really sorry bro i can't give you one specific thing um, but you're enjoying but, the process yeah i think i think that's the thing is be, try to be present uh, throughout mm. the whole thing it's very difficult because our attention spans are so short and and we're thinking about so many different things and I think, you know, one advice I'd give to myself and all of us is, you know, when you're with your family, be with your family. You know, mm -hmm. when you're at work, be at work. Yeah. You know, when you're doing, when you're worshipping Allah, worship Allah. You know, mm. of course, we worship Allah all all yeah, the time, yeah. inshallah. But um, try to be present with your family. Um, give them your time. Give them your attention um, because they're, you know, your most valuable asset, really, you know, um, in life. So... Um, no one ever really will say, oh, I, I should have worked more at the end of, of their life. They will say, I, I wish I spent more time with family. You know, so spend time with your family. Beautiful point to end on. Jazakallah khair. Omar, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, maybe in the future, you'll accept our invite for another one. Uh, we can have an update, you know, a few years down the line when uh, your baby has grown. Maybe if there's been more members of the family, inshallah. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate it and uh, see you next time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Salam.